Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking all about event verbiage. We're getting into the jargon, the lingo, all about events in the industry. So this is going to be super helpful list and conversation. Also, we'd love to call you to action to something that we're calling mailbag. So this is basically our 100th episode promo. We're getting closer to our 100th episode, which is so exciting. So we'd love to have you submit questions and submit why you love events. This is something that we're going to compile all our listener feedback and things like that from this information. And so please reach out to us, submit your questions, submit why you love events to celebrate our 100th episode, which is coming up. Look in the show notes to see how you can submit those. And we look forward to hearing from you. Hey there, Logan here. Before we get into the episode, I do want to do a disclaimer. My audio might sound a little different than you're used to hearing me here on the podcast. Unfortunately, technical difficulties can happen to everyone and my headphones connected instead of my wired microphone. So you will notice a little bit of a different audio, but I promise the volume is there and the takeaways are just as juicy as ever. So enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm your co-host, Logan Clements. And before we jump into this week's topic, which Mary and I are debating if we should sing as part of this topic, where we dive into event verbiage, (laughs) you might have heard her half giggle there, but uh, Mary, my conversation starter for you is uh, what's your favorite cold drink as we look ahead to warmer months? My favorite cold drink is actually, I don't know how you say it, Bai, B-A-I, those drinks are like antioxidant water drinks, (laughs) flavored water. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. They're in a can. No, they're in a uh, plastic or a bottle. bottle. They're in a plastic yeah, in a bottle. bottle. Yeah. Okay. My favorite's like coconut infusion or whatever. And honestly, I don't really know exactly what is in it, but it's tasty and I feel good about it. So those are lately have actually been my favorite things. I really just drink water um, and I don't like sparkling water or anything like that. But lately those have kind of been like a little special something. So that's my favorite. What about you? I think for me, it would have to be Spindrift. I really like cold, bubbly water. It's a classic and it's real fruit juice compared to like LaCroix and others that are more like fruit flavoring. And the Mm -hmm. hard part is once you've done the real fruit juice to go back to the non-real fruit juice, you just realize that it doesn't actually taste like the fruit juice. Nice. Very nice. Well, let us know, listeners, what your favorite cold drink is. And if you're a sparkling water person, let us know your favorite because we know there's a controversy there. So... Let us know. Um, Well, let's get into our episode today. We are talking about event verbiage, jargon, a glossary of terms for events. And we chose this topic because, like, I'll speak for myself, I guess. When stuff comes up, sometimes words, I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm going to Google it real quick. And there's a lot of words like that in a lot of industries, including the event industry. So in this episode, we are going to take you through an alphabetical list of words and explain briefly what they are. We're just going to deep dive and go into it and list all of these off fairly quickly. So get your brains ready. So let's just um, jump into it and talk about what event verbiage is. Logan, how would you define that? How would you define 
the word verbiage. <laughs> the word about words. Yeah, you know, it's the verbiage, it's the terms we use, it's the acronyms, it's the, you know, it's the lingo that I will also say not only is it what it actually, like, it's their words, but it also, I feel like at times can be used kind of gatekeeping. And you'll see this at different industries, not just the events. We're not alone. I know business, finance, all the different areas, we all have our own lingo. And so if you don't know the lingo, it can feel like you're left out or you could feel like you're not as smart or as intelligent as someone. And so some of the motivation too for this episode is we want to normalize that it's okay that there's words you don't know. Everyone at one point didn't know these words and they had to learn them. And so our goal here is to not just define some terms, but maybe put some terms you haven't even thought of on your radar based on our experience in events, because I will admit some of the ones we're going to go through, I've been in meetings before and I've wrote it down and gone, I'm going to Google it later because everyone's throwing it out. If you ever want to put somebody on the spot, you can ask them what it stands for. If you feel comfortable and the number of people I've asked sometimes, they also don't know. So uh, it's, it's, it's an educational time for all of us. <laughs> Definitely. Mary, do you have anything so, to add to the event verbiage definition? <laughs> no, I agree. Just in a lot of these instances, it's been like, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm. And then I have no idea what they're actually talking about, and we'll just go look at it after. So <laughs> yeah. the epitome sometimes of fake it till you make it. But um, as will, as you'll see, there's a lot of different words. There's a lot of acronyms and things like that. And so we will talk them through, and hopefully it's helpful to you. There are so many more than what we're putting on here. Most of what we're going to talk through are acronyms. And so it's quite more, you know, robust than this, but these are the ones um, that I think maybe we struggled with more or might just be less common. So anyway, hopefully it's helpful to you. So I guess with that, we will go into the ABCs of events, but Logan has a song for us. Mary, you put me on the spot. I'm going to throw it back to our listeners. I would love to hear from you what they think our song should be for the ABCs of of, of event jargon, event lingo, because my, my brain's now going to ABCs by the Jackson 5, but nobody needs to hear my rendition of, of that. So um, instead, I want one more caveat before we jump in the list, listeners. Again, this is not an exhaustive list of all the terms you need to know in events. These are ones that I would say, Mary and I, they either stuck out to us as important to talk about or are personal ones that we have heard and maybe didn't know at one point and now know what they mean. Um, there might be one or two stinkers on here that Mary and I forget what they mean. Mary, I'm going to take our first one. We're starting with A's. So we've got AV, usually written out as A slash V. And so this is just in referring to audiovisual. So this is your audiovisual equipment, team, production. You'll hear it turned as like, we need to talk about our AV budget. What's the AV for this room? Meaning like, what's the microphones, the laptops, the projectors, the lighting for this room? That's all kind of implied when you say AV. The next one is attrition rate. This is a word that I always forget this phrase. I always say recidivism rate, which if you know what that is, is how often people return to prison, which is not the same thing as attrition rate. So attrition rate, lock it in your brains. It is the number of no-show attendees on the day of an event divided by the registrants. So yes, I Googled this one because as I just said, I get confused. But attrition rate is an important thing that comes up. That's what you can call it is how many people actually actually show up or don't show up. So the no show attendee rate. Dropping some fun facts in there too, Mary. Yeah. Our next one, we mentioned this on a previous episode, I know for sure, but we're into our B's. This is a BEO, the acronym BEO. And this is your banquet event order. So if you're anyone who's had to work with a venue, they, or I had these when I worked at a, at a 
at a venue. I was a cater- and part of like the catering team. We had BEOs, the banquet event order that laid out like what time the event starts, what time we're setting up, what's the floor plan look like, what's the food order. It can be incredibly detailed. It can be incredibly not detailed. Every hotel has their own standard form. You'll see some of the big chains look the same, but Often, if you are working in F&B, you'll have the BEO. And if you're a planner, it's helpful to compare your notes and whatever documents you're using to the BEO to make sure everything that you had passed through your middle salesperson actually got to the team who is executing. Wait, Did what's F&B? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. See, look at this happens. We use other <laughs> jargon while explaining jargon to people. Yeah. F&B food and beverage. So if you work in food and beverage, if you're part of the catering staff in the kitchen, servers. Back to bees. Breakdown, also known as loadout or strike or maybe other words as well. But teardown actually is, I think actually what I call it typically is teardown. <laughs> um, so this is self-explanatory, but there are so many different ways people say it. So I wanted to put it in here, but it's the end of the event, how you're breaking, you're striking, you're loading out. Many different ways to phrase it. Next one, we're in our C's. We've got confidence monitor, also can be called a DSM, downstage monitor. This is one, listeners, I will tell you the first time I heard it, DSM, everyone was using it, and I just wrote it down. I had to Google it later. What it is, is it's a, it's a monitor that is facing the stage, so only our speaker can see it. The audience is just seeing the back of a monitor, and that's usually where they'll have maybe a teleprompter, or they'll have their speaker notes. Um, but it is downstage monitor means it's literally downstage from the presenter. So it's between the presenter and the audience and it would be facing the presenter. This is really common in like big conferences, uh, anything with a really big stage or production setup. This is very standard. You're not going to see this in your smaller events. You would never see this in like a wedding or a social event usually. So confidence monitor or DSM. Now we are getting in further into our C's. The next one is closed captioning. CC. Which I think many of you know what that is, but typically, you know, it shows up just CC and on like Zoom, for example, it's actually called transcription. So I guess that's another word for it. But closed captioning, CC, often found in event platforms and things like that and very important. Yep. And you'll see it also in person, in person events. It's a big accessibility tool. Our next one would be CMP, which Mary, correct me if I'm wrong. It's certified meeting planner. Meeting professional. Thank you. Meeting professional. Yes. See, this is why if you ask multiple people, <laughs> even people with a CMP might not know it. It's a certification program that you can take. And once you pass it, um, you can actually put CMP after your name. It is as formal as like getting a doctorate or a PhD, at least in the event world. And uh, while Mary or I, we both don't have our CMP. We know some folks who do. And uh, I've only had a handful of projects, usually a government project. It came up once that if I had a CMP, it would have unlocked a higher rate that I could charge. Um, but it is often just, it's a program that they walk you through a lot of the things that we learn on the job, but you just get certified that you passed tests to say that, yes, you actually know all this information for planning an event from start to finish. Yep. If you're going for any event certification, this is kind of the one. So there you go. Next up, we have change order. A change order is a document. Um, I don't know if it's considered a legal document or not, but basically it changes an existing agreement. So this is used a lot with venues. It's also used um, sometimes with client work. Like if you need to start providing something that you weren't planning on providing in the original agreement or proposal or contract, you provide a change order. Mary, I'm going to ask this next one of you because I actually have not had to use this term. DDR, delegate day rate. 
tell us more. Also, sometimes day delegate rate, uh, this gets switched, but I learned this one recently, so I wanted to put on here. Um, basically, it's the venue cost for an attendee per day for an event. And so, like, they are delegates, and so it's an additional rate. Um, which consists of like conference um, equipment, food, and meeting room costs. And so with a delegate day rate, you can take advantage of some additional things than just staying at a property or a hotel. You can also get um, these additional conference, if you will, type benefits, but it's a cost per person and it's a delegate day rate. I'm going to keep you on these because these next two, I feel like you can answer better than I can. Um, our next deal, we've got DMO, DMC. These are two different ways to say something. Yeah, I have heard that DMO is now what they are called more so, but who am I to know? Because I have not worked directly very often with DMOs or DMCs, which are um, DMC's destination management company. DMO, I believe, is destination marketing organization, but essentially they are companies that help you plan bigger conferences, meetings, incentive travel, things like that. They're, they really know hotels. They have good relationships um, with all things travel related for events. So that's what a DMO or a DMC is. And in that same land, going down with an F, we've got fam trip. Also known as familiarization trip, which I think is a hard word to say. But this is a trip that we've talked about in an episode where we talk with Vanessa Loney about hosted by your experiences. But this is basically a trip that where some group organization, maybe DMC, maybe local convention bureau or something like that, is going to bring you as an industry professional out to a location, a venue um, for them to help you get to know the area and bring business to that area. Those are called fam trips. The next one we've got is gamification. So this is one where you'll probably have, I feel like this became more, a little more mainstream once virtual events became the main thing we did. Um, so it was, this is where people can earn points. You're gamifying the event experience. So people do something and they would get points that then, you know, you might have a leaderboard or prizes um, you can do this at an in-person event totally with like scanning QR codes or having these smart badges um, for giving people points for engaging around your event. But um, gamification can look like a bunch of different things. And it often is a tool for enhancing attendee engagement. Love it. This That's one that still confuses me sometimes. <laughs> it's like, how? It also how? means, I, I like, this is a good stop too for listeners is like, if you ever have a question about what a word means and you're in a comfortable environment and it's something like this gamification, maybe not just initials, like ask. Cause sometimes I've also learned we all define it certain different ways. So like, you might have a client who says, I, exactly. Okay. What, what do you want? Uh, when you say gamification, what are you picturing? And they might go, I have no idea. My boss just told me we have to have gamification. Great. Now you can go and figure out whatever the platform is or the tech you're already using or what's out there and give them possibilities but they also might have a very like specific thing in mind that can save you time versus you assuming you know what that word means. So, Yes. Our next one is green room. A green room is at an event. It's a private room or space. You could do it virtually, a virtual green room, but a private space for speakers, maybe VIP speakers or just speakers um, to, to meet, to just have a landing space basically before they speak. Is that a good way to summarize it, Logan? Yeah, you might see it as like some people might call it a dressing room too. They might not actually get dressed there, but it's it's just a space where speakers can get prepped and relax. Um, it is fun fact not actually green. It's funny if it actually is green, but you might be assuming Usually that if you've never chairs. seen a green room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's sometimes some just snacks. some chairs backstage in a corner, but 
yeah. more elevated <laughs> events. If you have a specific like holding room, like a room actually yeah. with a door that closes that people can see. Or if you watch any like, late night shows, like they'll <laughs> yeah. do bits like Jimmy Fallon and then they'll do like bits in people's, I think again, they would call it more dressing rooms, but that's, it's the same concept. Our next one is honorarium. Honorarium is a speaker fee essentially that you're it's not a fee it's a it's more of a gift like you're granting them some money for speaking at your event there might be a more eloquent way to summarize that but you're giving them an honorarium and it's usually like i don't know i don't know how much it usually is but i've seen it be like a hundred dollars thanks for taking the time to speak at our event you were on a panel for this smaller local event here's an honorarium um so that's where i've seen it used i interpret this as just a fancy way to say payment but maybe at a lower rate than maybe what they charge for other things. But I feel like I've seen some significant honorarium. That's fees, true. So um, yeah. it, it varies. But next one, since we're in our H listeners, you might be able to guess, but we're going to talk hybrid. So this is a term, back to our earlier caveat, I would highly encourage if you hear someone use the word hybrid, it can mean so many different things. Hybrid, I'm sure, unless Mary's quickly pulling up the actual definition of it, we're going off the top of my head. I just, when I hear hybrid, I hear there's a combination of virtual and in-person elements. And that is so broad because it can literally mean, do I have a hybrid audience and a virtual audience? Do I have hybrid speakers? So hybrid people who are virtual and people who are in-person or a hybrid panel that has a panel of half in-person, half virtual. That kind of thing reminds me of like live TV. If you ever watch any of the news channels when they're talking to a reporter who is on the ground somewhere else and the people in the studio, that's like a hybrid experience. Um, and it can also, I mean, there's just so many different ways that it can mean hybrid. So, um, if anything, I just always make the assumption that it includes something virtual and something in person, but you really should nail down what they, what the other person means, who is telling you that they want something hybrid. We have in the round, um, these are some fun. You're going to see a lot of like production terms. Cause that's kind of this headspace, uh, Mary and I have been living in, but in the round is a way to set the tables and the stage so that the stage is actually circular and the seats are set in the round. And so your speaker is actually having to talk to people 360. Um, Once again, I would confirm with the people who are using these terms that that's what they mean. But when I see in the round, it is a way to set the room for your audience and your stage. And the next one would be live stream. So this one's kind of in vain with hybrid. A live stream is a video feed that you are pushing somewhere on the internet. <laughs> I feel like it's the most broad I can make. Um, I often will infer that a live stream means we are pushing a, li- a feed that could be pre-recorded or live to YouTube or to Vimeo or into Zoom, but we are pushing content over the internet for people to view. And so know that a live stream doesn't have to necessarily be live. That's the sneaky part of like having semi-live, but um, yeah, that's live stream. Our next one is MC, also known as Master of Ceremonies, also known as MCE, which is spelled E-M-C-E-E. It's very confusing when I see MC spelled with an M and a C or E-M-C-E. I'm like, and then folks will just say, oh, we have a Master of Ceremonies. All in all, this is the host, essentially, of the event in one way or another, speaking the, the for the program, like the actual host. Um so that is what an MC is. And I also I've seen like the letter, the initials MC and how, you know, E-M-C-E-E used interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Like there's no right, right or wrong. Um, I usually then just mirror the language that, that I'm seeing like my client use. Next one's mice. 
not our furry little friends. This is M-I-C-E, all capitalized. And this one, listeners, I will admit, I had to Google because in my head, I'm like, of course, I know what MICE is. And then if you ask me, Logan, what does MICE stand for? I was left blank. So it stands for Meetings, Incentives, Conferences, and Exhibitions. That takes the first letter from each word. And it's just like an acronym for the meetings industry. Mary, have you used, I don't feel like I actually like verbally use this term. I feel like I see it in articles, but I don't no. think I'd ever be telling you about like, I was hanging out with my friends from mice the other day. No, like our like mice events. Like if it's a conference or like a hosted buyer thing, sometimes they'll categorize people in that way, but I don't really use that term on a regular basis. No. Next we have MPI which is shout out to MPI because we're both members meeting professional international meeting professionals international, <laughs> which is a great just association of events. And while we're talking about associations, cause I don't think any others are on here. There's ILEA, which is the international live events association. Um, and what other national associations are NACE. there for events? NACE national was it catering and events? Yeah. Um, and there's also like locally, we have the Washington Festival and Events Association, WFEA. So maybe some other states have something similar to that. So those are always acronymed. Next one, we're in our O's. Uh, OBS. We, I feel like talked about this on the podcast before. We had Luke, my brother, who actually is a streaming engineer, use, uses OBS, the letters, which is open broadcasting software. So it is a free software on the internet that anybody can download. And it, it enables you to show live videos, overlay graphics, play music. You'll often see a lot of folks, if you're a gamer or you ever watch anything on Twitch, a lot of the people who are Twitch streamers will often, that's like a social media platform, will often be using OBS to overlay their video game with the live feed of them, any graphics and things like that. It is super useful. If you know OBS, you're going to be great in events because we need these for live streaming and hybrid things. And next we have PIP, picture in picture. Is that what it is? Yeah. Ooh. Okay, Logan, what is that? Picture in picture, which uh, I feel like once you say picture in picture, maybe people can picture it. But when you hear a lot of people just say PIP, you know, we're running to the PIP. So what it is, is usually what we're all used to in um, Zoom with when you screen share, you know, how your slides get really big and you get really small. So this would be a very basic version of picture in picture, but you'll often see this uh, in a on like a general session on the screen where you see a live shot of the speaker on stage and their slides and they don't take up the whole screen. That's what we would call a picture in picture. Um, again, it looks different to everybody. So there's no assumption you can make when you hear PIP that you know exactly what they mean. Cause you can make the people like similar to zoom. They're really small and the slides are really big. You can change the sizes, but um, it is often a combination of like a live shot and a graphic. Next up we have RFP. So we're going into the R's. An RFP is a request for a proposal, which is a document basically that solicits proposals. And so it's a company, agency, business, government, organization, or something that sends out this uh, document that is a RFP request for a proposal. I've also seen it RFQ, I think, request for quote. Um, and so you can find these online and then you can respond accordingly and hopefully try to get business, but it's essentially you responding with um, a pretty significant amount of information to try to win this event. And so that is an RFP, a request for a proposal, which is a way to get business. 
And we also have an episode about how you can grow your business through RFPs that we will link in the show notes for you. Our next one is ROS listeners. We already did an episode all about this. This is run of show. One of our top listens, I feel like, or our most popular episodes to this day um, was one of our first few episodes when we first started the Better Events podcast. And your run of show tells you what's happening when, maps out all your elements. If you're doing the actual show, it could be your staging, your lighting, your cameras, but even in the most simplest form, it's just what's happening when. And I highly encourage you to listen to our episode where we dive really deep into what is a run of show and why you need it for your event. Great. And the next one is ROI, which is return on investment. This is a word we also use a lot and something that I personally love. Return on investment is basically, it's a, it's a, calculation of dividing the profits earned by the investment or like the cost of that. So dividing profit from expenses, if you will. Um, and this is something that's really helpful. If you're doing an event, and you want to see like how like specifically how those finances are doing ROI is a really great way to measure that in my opinion. Next one's a tough one listeners. RTMP. I have used this term it's an RTMP. We need the RTMP stream key. Um, and that's how we're streaming. And I will tell you, never knew the app. I knew what we use it for. It's essentially the information, <laughs> a unique key, a series of letters and numbers that we would need to, that tells our OBS, the open broadcasting software, where to push that video and audio to. And so if you're like streaming to YouTube or to Vimeo, utilizing a third-party software, you need to have the RTMP information. I Googled it now, so I can tell you RTMP actually stands for Real-Time Messaging Protocol. I'm going to get real in the weeds oh, here, guys. I did guys. not know that. Okay. It is an open source protocol owned by Adobe that's designed to stream audio and video by maintaining low latency connections. So it, it's clients use a handshake to form a connection with RTMP server that allows users to stream video and audio. And I will say that latter half is how it had gotten explained to me that literally it's like the key to the door that tells this information from this program where it needs to go so that folks can then watch it on whatever platform you're on. So your RTMP, your stream key. Um, I often ask platforms if they have enabled RTMP streaming. Next up, we have just radio etiquette in general. And I thought this was interesting to bring up because radio usage is like very common or walkie talkies, if you will, for events and things like that. And it's usually not like a Logan. It's not anything like that. It's like a I guess we could demonstrate. It's like a, um, I could say like Logan for Mary. My name is Mary. Mary for Logan. And you would say. Go for Logan. And then I would ask you to do something and you would say. Copy. Logan yeah. copies. Yep. Copy. Copy that. Exactly. Acknowledgement of hearing. So there's there's way more radio etiquette. Um, but that that's what it is. And it's actually really surprising sometimes when I work with people and there's. They're not familiar with that, which is okay, because if you haven't done it, then you wouldn't know. But that is very common. Yeah. And there are also in, produ in the production world, there's a lot of different ways to people want to hear cues or acknowledgements on comms. So it's really helpful or comms on radios on your communication system. Um, so it is helpful to check. I feel like my pro tip out of that, Mary, is when in doubt, identify yourself when you're on radio. Like this is Logan and I have a question because some people will just ask something and I think we all forget that it's really hard if you don't know people super well to identify voices. And I mean, on this podcast, your listeners, you can probably identify Mary and, and, and my voices, but unless you've been watching our videos, maybe you don't know what our faces look like and it could be vice versa. You might know someone's face, but you had no idea what their voice sound like. And it's just disembodied on, on the radio. So always identify yourself. 
Our next one would be script. So this is another term that can be mean a wide variety of things because a script can be the loose, the script is really kind of like what is going to be said when. Uh, this can be really helpful for your MCs to come back to an earlier term or your speakers. Um, it can be as intricate as an actual script that like is on a teleprompter that people are wor reading word for word. It can be just notes, bullet points that are going to be in somebody's, you know, cards in their hand. Um, but often at events, especially anything with anyone speaking, there is some element of a script, super detailed or sometimes super loose. And then next up, we have show flow, which for me, I've actually heard clients use this referring to a run of show, uh, which is pretty interesting. But like, I know the run of shows that we typically do are different than a show flow. So sometimes I'll create a show flow, which is literally just the flow of timings, like eight, eight o'clock, this starts, uh, eight 30, uh, the panel starts nine o'clock. This is like 10 items on a word document that sometimes would all end up calling a show flow because that's makes more sense to my brain. Uh, but yes, I do think it gets, con gets confused with the run of show. And it can mean the same thing. Some yeah. production teams use it. There's also show flow without the W at the end, just FLO. And that's mm -hmm. a software that is used for run of shows. Um, that is, it makes the show flow. It's much smarter. It's expensive to use. You won't see it at smaller events. Um, but it is just really helpful to define the terms again, to figure out, get level set of like, are we talking about a run of show? Cause like Mary, what you're describing in my head, I was like, that's a timeline, which like exactly. a timeline to someone could yeah. be their run of show. So wanted to put it on your radar guys. It's another term that, you know, you do need to, I had one client once that I was like, your show flow. Yeah. You run a show. And it was like, no, they actually use show flow, the software. And then I've had it vice versa being like, oh, it's show flow, the software. It's like, no, we just meant like a run a show. Next one would be speaker timer. This one again is more of a production thing for a higher, but one of these like bigger events. Um, but it is often that you would have a countdown timer that is usually next to that confidence monitor or downstage monitor position. So only the speaker can see it. Um, and it can either count down, so how much time they have left, or it could count up for how long they've been going. This is a super useful tool. Um, some of our freelance work, both Mary and I have utilized it also in the virtual space um, of having a virtual speaker timer. It just, you know, we see this, we have our own timer here when we record our podcast episodes because we utilize StreamYard and they have a lovely count up feature so we can see how long we're talking, we've been talking. So it just helps with time management. And then next up, we have TRT. What is that, Logan? That is total runtime. So you'll often see that on a show flow or on a run of show. Again, it is just showing how long it adds up the individual segments. It'll tell you how long it's been since you started. So I always in my run of shows love to have a TRT column um, that would just show, okay, at seven, if we started the event at 730, my element that my thing that's happening at 830 in my TRT column, it'll, it'll say one hour. So I'll know that we've been going for one hour. Um, so it just helps me when I'm planning to be able to tell my client, all right, did you mean to have a three hour show? No, we need to do two hours. Okay. We need to cut down that total runtime. Um, I don't often say that wording. It's just like the total time for your event, but the shorthand TRT is often on documents. Awesome. Thank you. I learned that today. Next we have VPN, which is virtual private network, which I'll let Logan explain. But what I will say is I associate it with basically ruining virtual events so there you go that's so funny because i associate it with being really helpful because when i lived in china i had to use a vpn a virtual personal network personal network to be able to access sites that are blocked in china so i could still access sense. google and things like that because what it does is it essentially sends your 
a VPN will essentially mask your signal. You'll see a lot of ads right now here in the US. It's a privacy tool is how it's been shaped that you can essentially mask where you're logging on to a website from. Um, but as Mary mentioned, it, VPN, it is a pain in the butt right now with virtual because VPNs, because they're that higher level. And then the example would be like, I could be in China, but my signal, quote unquote, would be coming from the U.S., so things would be slower because I was essentially sending my signal to the U.S. and then back to China um, for me to see it on my computer. And so what it does is it tends to be an issue with a lot of platforms. So it can cause problems with Zoom, with Teams, with any streaming platform. And a lot of companies utilize them because they are a good security tool. But some of these platforms, especially the newer ones, tend to be, I feel like Zoom's probably overcome some. Um, but if you know of a client that has a VPN, I would suggest getting in touch with their IT department because you might have some challenges. Next up, we have VOG. Yeah, VOG. No, VOG, Voice of God. So We're basically vlogging where... right now if you're listening we to just the of... audio. <laughs> yes, we are kind of doing that. That is true, Mary. We are. Um, yeah. The Voice of God is, uh, you'll, you'll hear this for usually like introductions and like, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Mary Davidson. And you don't see, it's voice of God because you don't see this person. They're not on stage. They're not visible. So it's just a disembodied voice coming over you. If you watch the, let's say another one, like the Academy Awards, when they introduce the next presenter, that's a voice of God. Um, and so it's often used for intro, introductions and outro, outros and maybe some like housekeeping remarks. You might already do this at your event. You just never called it that term. So just know it, you know, some bigger shows, that's what they call it. And then my last one, Mary, I don't know if you've seen this, but this comes plus, up. Plus, plus. <laughs> yes. This is, this, this, when we, when we put it in ABC order, I did, we didn't know where to put symbols. So we put it at the end. So this is where you might see if you deal with catering contracts, hotel contracts, venue contracts, anything where you might see, it'll say like, for example, it could say cheese platter costs $15 plus, plus, like literally like the plus symbol, plus, plus, And then it'll say like per person. So how I interpret plus plus, and I feel like that's why it's kind of a joke in the industry, but plus it's literally plus the service charge plus tax. And they're not going to say that, but they just put the symbol plus plus. And so it is one of those things where I say the price is real, but also with the plus plus on there, it really adds up. And I've heard other planners, they'll just be like, yeah, but you know, with the plus plus like that, it's going to be over budget because it might be a budget now, but with the plus plus. Versus saying with the added tax and the added service fee, service charge, which at hotels these days could be anywhere from 15 to 25%. So it's quite significant. And that brings us to the end of our list, which is exciting. There's way more we could have gone through, but that was quite the chunk. So we'll just leave it there for you all. Um, hopefully you learned a new word today. And I know I did. So we're all learning we learned, together. We all learned. Yeah. We all learned together. You know, and this is like Mary said, it's not exhaustive. There's definitely more terms and more unknowns. And I'm sure words that Mary and I are going to hear in the next month at our different events that we'll be like, oh, we could have added that one to the list. If you listeners have any ones that you want to make sure that we tackle and we are again doing that mailbag episode. So please submit your questions. Um, it could be, hey, I heard this term or I have never defined it that way. Or maybe Mary and I got a term wrong. Point it out. We always love to learn. Uh, like we said, there's different ways that we have even heard these terms between the two of us. So we'd love to hear from you. And that brings us to our bonus tip for the episode, which Logan has for today. So Logan, back to you. Yeah. So this week's bonus tip is ask for help. So this came out of a personal story I had where I kind of run up against a roadblock where I was putting together a proposal 
for a client I already knew, but the role was different. And I was really just like kind of at an impasse where I was like, I don't know what, you know, I don't know how to structure this. I'm kind of second guessing myself. I'm negotiating with myself. And then I just like had this weird aha moment of like, I should just ask someone for help. I know people who have done this role, maybe not for this specific client, but they've done this before. And I could just reach out and say, can I have a phone call with you? And then have a very honest conversation with that person. I did it. It was great. It was like a little pump up call. It helped me feel that much more confident when I sent that proposal off and ended up, I believe, setting me up for more success than if I'd sat there in that stress. So I just wanted to encourage you listeners, like, don't be afraid to ask for help. This podcast is a great resource, but maybe you like are confused about tackling a new task or you're stuck. Like first reflect on who you want the help from. Like, are you looking for advice? Are you looking just to vent? Are you looking for someone with more experience than you, and then just reach out. Don't be afraid to, you won't know until you ask. And for me, from my experience, it was that little spark I needed to get unstuck and move forward with confidence. I love it. Asking for help is important. So thank you so much for sharing that bonus to Logan. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. If you would like to find us and follow us, you can on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and LinkedIn at Better Events Pod. You could also reach out to Logan and I individually on LinkedIn. We have our own profiles on there as well. Um, you can also email us as a podcast at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And thank you so much again for listening to the Better Events Podcast. And we will be back with you again next Wednesday. Thanks, everybody.